Hooper now offloads. Oh, so close, still short. Blaubanga. There he is! He's over! Hi there, and welcome to Pick and Drive Rugby Podcast, where two diehard rugby fans having a weekly chat about all things Aussie rugby. We are real, family friendly, and positive. So get involved. Get involved. Now, this week, we are continuing our series on the previewing of the upcoming Super Rugby AU season, and we are super excited to be going through the Western Force, and we are going to make it our best ever episode where we just don't mention the Waratahs at all. How does that sound? Uh, I think we can do that. (laughs) Or, Or does that count? Have we just mentioned the Waratahs in the first like 30 seconds? Yeah, no, that counts. That counts. Oh, okay. We'll Sorry it. to everybody who was giving us crap about this, but we are genuinely keen to be talking about the uh, about the force, and we are not just focusing on East Coast rugby. We actually love the force and have really enjoyed the opportunities we've got to speak with the rugby rap fellas as well. So keen to have some more collabs with them in the future too. Mitch, how's your week been? It's been good. Yeah, we've had some trial game action from the Western Force and the Brumbies. So I'm looking forward to chatting through that in a little bit. Um, And yeah, we're one week now away from the start of Super Rugby. So we're getting very, very close. The coverage is ramping up on Channel 9 and um, on Stan Sports. So it's getting very exciting and I can't wait for it all to kick off next Friday. Yeah, I think we're really benefiting from like the the weird thing about the COVID disruption last year is it means that we've hardly had a break in rugby. So we are at the time of recording five days away from the start of Super Rugby AU for the 2021 season, which is just crazy. There's hardly been a break. Um, But why don't we, before we dive into what we're doing tonight, can you quickly run through our social platforms? I would love to. So we are on Instagram at hashtag pick underscore drive underscore rugby. We're on Facebook at the pick and drive rugby podcast page. We are on Twitter at at pick underscore drive rugby. And we also have a tipping comp on super brew. So get involved there. Give us a follow, join it up. We've got about 40 people um, currently signed up. So it's going to be a good competition this year. So all you do is go to www.superbrew.com make an account, then search for the Pick and Drive Rugby podcast and, and you can be involved and it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. So Super Brew, brew B-R-U, just to remind everybody. So for the plan for this episode is relatively simple. We're going to quickly track through the Force v Brumbies trial match, which was held at Viking Park and was a really entertaining match. So we're going to go through that for about oh, 10 to 15 minutes. We'll see if we natter on for a little bit because it was a really good game with some good points to be drawing out from it before we then go through our preview of the Western Force and then our expectations of where we think they're going to finish for the 2021 season. How does that sound, Mitch? Well, you forgot the most exciting part of this episode. Oh my gosh. You have. I forgot the most exciting part of the episode. So we are also being joined, luckily enough, by one of the members of the Western Force team. He's a pretty big name last year and this year. And I'm I'm really excited to announce we're being joined by John O'Lance. So how good. How good. How absolutely good, mate. I think what it was is I was just so stunned by the caliber of the guest that we had that it slipped my mind completely. Uh, or is that the excuse that I can make up? But um, basically, we well, had the gentleman I don't know himself. With, with, with the force, I don't know if we need to be making excuses. 
No, no, no. So we had the gentleman himself, uh, Johnny Lance, come on. He was really kind enough to give us his time. And we've had a player from every Super Rugby squad come on and help hype up the season. And the thing that I really love about that, to be honest, mate, is that we... The, the players themselves are saying, yes, we want to come on because they're wanting to get the hype up. They're wanting to spread the word and help grow Aussie rugby too. So it's really, we just want to thank all of the guests that we've had come on for this little uh, preseason preview series to say, thank you for coming on. It's been awesome. And they've just been so generous with their time yeah. and opinions. It's been absolutely wonderful. It has. It's been so good. And I also do want to say to everyone out there, this is a big week of rugby. There will be two episodes of the Pick and Drive Rugby podcast this week. So by the time you're listening to this one, it's probably early in the week. We're focusing just on the Western Force this episode, but we will release another episode in the next day or two. And that will be our preview or our season launch for Super Rugby AU 2021. Now, we are lucky enough to be joined by a special guest from Stan Sport as well in that episode. It's going to be awesome. We're going to chat around some of the new things that are coming to the broadcast this year. Going to chat around some of our thoughts around um, the new competition, how it's going to look, and then we will also preview uh, round one. So definitely look out for that. Once you finish this episode of the Western force, go and listen to that one. If it's out, if not, it will be out very, very shortly. Um, but yeah, brilliant. Lots, lots of rugby to come this week. It's super exciting. Rugby basically every day to be chatting and watching and hyping up. So very, very, very excited. You know what the biggest freaking loss of this entire thing is, is that my headmaster and executive decided to plan the first parent function of the year uh, uh. this coming Friday night. And I'm actually like presenting and speaking at the evening. So I can't even bludge it and call in sick. Plus the headmaster knows that I do this podcast and would see through any attempt to say that I'm sick. So, so what we're going to do then uh, is check out our socials on Monday morning because I will be po- on Friday morning. Sorry. Cause I will be posting Ando's personal message, uh, his <laughs> mobile number. And I want as many listeners as possible to send him score updates for both games. Uh, so yeah. that his phone will just be, going off in his pocket and that is the what entire he gets. time that's his payback for having a parent teacher night on round one as a rugby podcast host mate that's not my freaking choice i hope you know i didn't <laughs> choose this <laughs> anyway enough whinging let's get into it um why don't we start off with the force brumbies trial match how does that sound yeah let's get into it let's just go right. straight away so okay, um cool. Tuesday nights last week saw the Brumbies host the Western Force in Canberra. Now this one was originally meant to be played in Western for in not in Western Force in Perth last weekend, but due to some COVID issues, they did choose to play the game in Canberra. Um, it was a very very tight game. It ended up being twenty nine twenty eight to the Brumbies, but really this was a victory for the force because they were leading yeah. the whole game. It was in the last minute that that sneaky little um, halfback or reserve halfback chose to, to kick that, that goal. And um, yeah, who, did it again was, earlier last again? year. Oh, I, the again? name, the name escapes me. I mean, he, he remind me. I don't, I don't know his name. I don't think we'll probably see him again this year. So it's not really worth Ryan Lonigan yet again, clutch kick from the sideline to win the game. What more do you want from a reserve scrum half than the ability to under immense pressure, kick the clutch goal. I mean, what the Wallabies would have done to have a player of his caliber on a bench. Hey, 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 hold on, hold on. It was right in front. (laughs) 
<laughs> Who cares? Um, anyway, we're talking about the force. Uh, so <laughs> let's stay with the force and not my love affair for Ryan Lonigan. That's okay. Um, it's, I was just really glad that we actually had the opportunity to have some validation for that love affair, but that's okay. Um, I was, look, should we start off with what we were impressed with throughout the game? Yeah. Okay. I was impressed with the tenacity of the Western Forces Ruck attack. So the Brumbies had so much of their ball spoiled or turned over to a degree that we very rarely see because the Brumbies pride themselves on ball uh, ball possession and just securing their own ruck ball. And the it was amazing the extent to which the force were able to upset that. And within that, I was really, really impressed by um, Fleeti Kaitu, the hooker. He was everywhere and a dynamic in his running dynamic in his defense and a real threat over the ball so that's was the the physicality intensity on defense was something that was markedly i guess they did have pretty good defense overall last season but it was another step up in this trial match yeah i mean i've got to put it out there i i didn't actually get a chance to watch this whole game so i've seen about 20 minutes uh that i watched live and then i got i've watched the whole thing the highlights but thing I was really impressed with from what I saw early on was the Western force were really leading the game and they came out and they controlled the tempo. So they were the, yep. the team that attacked first. They held a lot of possession in that first half. Um, and it just, they just seemed like a team that had, they just stepped up a, a level from last year. It's like they were aware of the shortcomings that they had last season. They were ready to atone for those and they were looking to really take it to the Brumbies. Um, and I was just really impressed to see them actually start to, to get some phases together and actually really start to move the ball up the field. And they spent a lot of that first 20 minutes in the Brumbies half, which I was really impressed with. Yeah. And I mean, one of the, despite the fact that the force started really strongly, the, I think it was the first try was to the Brumbies off the rolling mall. Yeah. Um, one of the things I just want to speak to you there, go back and watch the highlights package again and, and watch that try. And one of the fascinating things that you'll see is it's James Slipper is on the left-hand side of the rolling mall, right? And he has two force players bound onto him trying to push against him. And he's got his right arm over latched onto the mall. He gets a tap, double tap on the head from whichever lock it was that was kind of the centerpiece of the mall. And then he disengages and let's go with his right arm and pulls two of the force forwards back with him. So it depowers the defensive mall and they're able to then roll over and score. It was this really, really smart piece of play that they were able to do. And I'm not sure if I've seen that before, or maybe I just haven't been paying attention, but it was just such a smart little play for Slipper to be doing that really just showed an extra level. I know we're just talking about the trial game, so it doesn't have to be all force, but it was just something that I really thought was just another bow in the danger that is the Brumbies driving more. Well, we've seen them the last few years. That really is their weapon. And they scored the majority of their points again off that driving more. Um, not many teams in world rugby or in super rugby uh, have been able to nullify that Brumbies rolling more. But yeah, it's great to see that they're actually utilizing it in different ways. It's not just mm. the same thing back and forth all the time. Um, but yeah, it, a credit to the Brumbies. They really hung into this game and they 
they had the ability to sort of take control of the game late and really push their advantage. When Noel Alessio came on in the second half, he really started to shore up their attack again, similar to Will Mm -hmm. Harrison in the Waratahs trial. And that little chip that he put through, uh, he did two of them actually, but yeah, perfect weighted. It was just great to see that he's come back into Super Rugby uh, from a disappointing test debut and a disappointing kind of test period for him um but he's come back and he's he's really not he do, it seems like he hasn't got doubt in his mind he's willing to make those those one-off plays and those daring chips um and it's just it's great to see yeah it was really the the step up that he brought when he came onto the field was really impressive and i actually thought uh, we'll get into this particular question in a bit more detail mm-hmm. later in the pod but when cubelli replaced ian Pryor at nine I thought there was a massive difference and lift in the intensity and the speed of play that Cubelli brought on. And the question I think we might debate a bit later is, well, who should be the starting nine? Well, obviously prior because he's the captain. Yeah. But what if what if Cubelli's out playing him? Um, so that's an interesting question, I think, to come up with. But one of the things that really impressed me with the force is the growth in their attacking shape and the attacking patterns that they were putting into play. And I think a huge part of that was because of the role that Jack McGregor was playing from fullback. So previously they've the force have had John O'Lance at 10 and they would use him as the first distributor the vast majority of the time. Um, they wouldn't really be going out to 12 particularly much. It had almost always go through John O'Lance. But here they had Jack McGregor jumping in very regularly and even just alternating the sides of play rather than just going across one side of the field to the other and then using Ralph, um, McGregor's ball-playing skills to try and expose maybe too many forwards that are lingering on the blind side or whatever it is. It was, it was just good to see them being able to vary up the attacking shape and the attacking direction in a way that wasn't as present as much in 2020. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. If we go back to the question that you initially asked at this point, who impressed you? Um, <clears throat> if I look at the force, I was really impressed with Richard Kahui. So, I mean, he played well for the Western Force last year, but I don't know, he just seems either fitter or in some ways he seems younger this year, which is crazy. (laughs) I know that's not how it works, but uh, yeah, he got that that intercept try early in the the second quarter. I think they were playing quarters. Um, And he just ran away and he wasn't able to be run down. So he's definitely got that speed. He's got that. He looks a little bit bulkier than he was last year. So... He's um he's being a bit more of an on-ball presence, particularly breaking the line. And I just was really impressed with seeing him play. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. The other player that was particularly impressive, just to stick with the backs for a moment, was Byron Ralston. Yep. Um, he was, I mean, we know how good he is from last year, but he's he's continued in the same vein for 2021, at least within a trial match. He had just so much pace and so much dynamism within his play, insofar as he was just going at a hundred miles an hour every single time he got the ball committing to trying to break the line, committing to getting his shoulders through the tackle. Um, there were a couple of times he copped some really big hits as a result of that, but he didn't give up. Um, if we move to the forwards, you obviously have Brenda Stander who was just the solid presence that he always is from number eight um, continued on with the strong form he showed at the beginning of the super season last year. I thought he was a bit overrated by the time the tail end of the season came around. I think he was tired um, and people were just hyping him up from the fantastic games he had in the first three or four rounds of the comp. 
Um, any any of the forwards particularly stand out for you in a part of the match that you watched? Um, I didn't really get to watch enough of the game to see anyone particularly stand out in that forward area. I didn't see much scrums. So, yep. yeah, I, I don't have anyone that I really can highlight. Yeah, the front row was particularly strong as well, considering they're going up against a Wallabies level front row at the Brumbies. Um, the the scrums were relatively even throughout the game. Each team had ascendancy at different points as the front rows and packs got shuffled throughout the quarters. Um, so there's not a huge amount to take from the set piece itself. Yeah, but overall, I was I was really impressed with the force. I thought they played a very, very good game of rugby, um, but it was just some of the class and experience as we would hope from the Brumbies that pulled them through. But even then, it was it was a last-minute penalty goal that won the Brumbies the game. Um, the, the force will take a lot of heart from this, yeah. knowing that they can compete with the Super AU champions from 2020 up to that point. Uh, so it's going to be a very interesting match this coming Friday. Now that the Brumbies are the ones having to travel to the sea of blue, it would not surprise me to see the force get up over the Brumbies. Yeah. I mean, this trial match really does raise some new questions and it does, as you mm. said, we've seen a different side of the force. Now they've come out with this intent and they've come out with this um, accuracy that we probably didn't see a lot of last year. Now, as you highlighted, we will see them in their first home game in two years in front of their home fans, again, coming up against the Super Rugby AU champions of last year. It's going to be a big ask for them to do it, but we have seen that this, these, they can do it. They can really take it to the, to the Brumbies. So I'm excited to see what happens come Friday night. I don't really know which way it's going to go. Um, and I'm not going to put my my uh my pick out just yet you'll have to wait till the next episode this week to find out who i go with but i am really it's going to be a lot tighter than i was initially thinking well mate why don't we shift from the trial match now and get into the full season proper and the preview that we're going to do let's do it well actually no now we will shift into our interview with johnny lance brilliant let's do that first and we'll get into what we have to say all right let's go let's go And to help us out with with our preview of the Western Force, we have the legend himself, John O'Lance. How are you today, mate? Yeah, going good, guys. Um, we've got a Monday off in Perth at the moment, so it's a pretty good day for us. What what gets you a Monday off over in the Western Shores? What what's day are you celebrating? Yeah, no, there's no days to celebrate. We had a really tough training week last week, and um, getting ever closer to that season starting and trial games. So it's a good long weekend for guys to spend time with their families. Oh, fantastic. Do you have any guys that are still being impacted by the quarantine restrictions and the travel restrictions? I think as of Friday, we are all there. So um, we had a good camp um, in near the Swan Valley in Perth at the end of last week and um, all the Argentinian guys were there and um, yeah, we, we've had everyone do their quarantines and get through it. So yeah, we're, we're now officially a full squad, I think. On that Argentinian point, um, just one thing, there's been some pretty big news relatively recently that we don't have Montoya joining the force. He's actually gone over to Leicester. That must have been a pretty big shock, especially for the Argentinian recruits to not have one of their fellow mates join them. Yeah, I, th- I think obviously it's it's um, disappointing for everyone. He's such an exciting player and I think everyone in the world saw how good he is with... Um, well, how good he is at rugby in that, that rugby championship 
mm. with how dominant he was for Argentina. So, I mean, it is a bit of a shame. It never, never got on the topic of it when I was talking to the Argentinians. I was just working on my Spanish. So, <laughs> and we never spoke about it. Obviously, a great opportunity for him over in England. And, um, yeah, wish him all the best. But, yeah, I think it's disappointing. But in saying that, we've got um, some pretty good hookers at the force who I'm sure were looking forward to testing themselves against him and um, getting better um, going up against a guy like that, but also now very excited about pushing each other um, here in Perth. How you've, brilliant. Got some, um, you've got some big signings that have come in over the off season. How are they all sort of fitting into the Western force culture? I think it's a, it's a, it's a pretty easy culture to fit into when you sort of move over here, whether you're from the East coast or, um, New Zealand, Argentina, as we've got now, you become a, a bit of a bit of a family away from your family, and um, a lot of the guys who are experienced force players and now called Perth home have been in that position before, and remember how happy and blessed they were to have really good teammates back in the day who did that. So um, it is obviously challenging. Australia is such a big country; it's a long way from home for everyone who's not from Perth. But we've got a good balance of guys from WA now who excited about having having people in their their home city and showing everyone the ropes and a good group of guys who um yeah have that family away from their families that really echoes a lot of what we heard from scotty ceo about the culture down at the brumbies as well they're kind of this almost insular away from the kind of east coast for you guys or at least away from sydney for the brumbies and that's really a core part of what defines them as a team is that community feel is that they get to spend so much time together as teammates. So that's sounding really similar for you guys at the force. Yeah, for sure. Um, one of my good mates from school, James Slipper, he, um, he, he said the exact same thing um, about Canberra. Um, and for someone like him, who's such a, a beach goer and surfer, <laughs> you'd surfer, you wouldn't ex- expect it, but yeah, he goes all right on a surfboard. So for him to say that about Canberra is spot on. Um, about how how similar it is, how similar it is over in the West. You sort of become a tight knit unit. You spend every day with them on your days off. You you're hanging out with the guys. So um, it is a great opportunity for for all the guys here to, to to gel as a team and become pretty close. One of the things that you mentioned before was the fact that you're kind of really digging into preseason. It's been a hard week last week. What does a preseason day look like for a Western Force member? Um, yeah, it's been a real tough preseason. We've got a new strength and conditioning coach who's who's keeping us on the straight and narrow. Um, for us, it's yeah, pretty full on um, week, similar to I suppose a lot of people. The big Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Fridays, Tuesday and Fridays, your toughest day of the week. Wednesdays are good. Go in and get a massage and. <laughs> I try and get the younger guys to go to the beach, but they generally all enjoy their sleeping. So, um, yeah, for us, a normal day is get in at uh, 8 o'clock um, and check in and do all your, your work. We've got generally our field sessions in the morning. Um, we're lucky to have our training field so close to our gym and headquarters. So um, some of the guys drive down and drive back from training. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's it's real close and um, it is a great environment to sort of get in and get into the day and have our field session and then head back. We've got a good culture of bringing in your leftovers and having lunch in the in the kitchen at the club, which is good. And everyone's comparing their meals. And then we go into a, a big gym session, generally just after lunch and 
and sneak out of there around two or three o'clock. So yeah, pretty pretty tough days, but yeah, it's definitely not the worst place to do it. And uh, we mentioned it before. There's some key big international signings coming on um, in the off season. But does the preseason for this team feel different this year with those players coming in? Um, probably tough for me to say. I, I wasn't there for my preseason at the Force last season and mm. lasted all of a week and a half. <laughs> um, so, looking back on previous preseasons I had when I was at the Force last time, um, it's yeah definitely a, a very similar, but. You can just tell that the depth that the squad has is massive, and it, whether you're in one, two, or th- the three back lines that we've got, or the forward packs going against each other, um, definitely a lot of depth at the moment, and a lot of people who've played international rugby, which is bringing the best out of our younger guys and giving um, young guys from the Perth and WA Rugby Academy a, a great opportunity to learn from the best. I imagine that them trying to decipher Rob Carney's accent is also a bit of fun as well. Yeah, we've got, we've got um, Michael McDonald actually back from the Waratahs last year. <laughs> yep. Uh, he's a, a Perth kid with a very strong Irish accent, so <laughs> he leads us into it. And, um, he does have a, a, a strong accent, but it's, yeah, it's a lot easier to understand than the Argies, I'll tell you that. You've almost got yourself <laughs> a good translator there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, Thomas Cabelli, he's played with the Brumbies for a fair while, so surely his English is decent. Yeah, no, to be, to be fair, um, all four of them, um, they're, they're, their English is better than my Spanish, let's just say that. Um, <laughs> yeah, Thomas Cabelli's sort of become the translator, I think, for the group, and they, they all can speak English, and if you, if you speak slow enough and ensure that you let them know, like, if, if I need to slow down, um, tell me, um, they can generally understand it, so... It was great to meet all those guys. It's a, it's a great um, group of guys that we've lucky enough to have come over from the Argentinian squad and, yeah, definitely picking their brains on how rugby is in Argentina, where they're from, how they grew up, and it's exciting to meet people like that. I've seen a few people saying that we should rebrand the force, like the Lost Force or the Western Pumas or something like that. Um, <laughs> it's, been, it's been very fun to see, and I'm, we're really excited to see how the force go this season. Now, on that point... Um, last year was obviously really challenging for you as a team. There's a whole bunch of factors involved, but just sticking away from the win record, the challenge of having to be based for almost the, enti- or, yeah, the entire season on the East Coast in the bubbles were just was really, really challenging. And despite some really high-quality games, um, you just weren't able to get over the line. So what are the goals and expectations for the team moving into 2021? A lot of people are very excited to see what the force can offer this year. Yeah, I mean, it was it was definitely challenging. Um, we were lucky enough to have the opportunity to bring family over to stay with us in the hub at the back end. I think early on in the tournament, um, we still harboured hopes of getting back to Perth and um, playing maybe our last two games at home and playing in front of um, the fans at, at, um, at our stadiums. Um, and for, for me, especially after being away for two or three years, um, that was something that I was really looking forward to. And one of the main reasons I was pumped to, to get back to the force is how good the fans are here. So I think in the middle of the season, there was definitely a lull, a down week where we found out that there was no chance of that happening. And um, yeah, I'd say that that played into um, a, t- a tough week for the guys. But as I said, um, we had a pretty good group and 
adapted to all the punches that were thrown at us. And um, it was never a negative environment because of the situation. Everyone remained really upbeat and positive. And it is such a good group of guys that we really did enjoy the time with each other. Um, onto the performances, yeah, it was, it was very disappointing, but it's definitely fueling the fire for the guys this preseason. A lot of the games for us last year, we were very good at the start, very good for 60 minutes. Um, and then let ourselves down in the back end. So um, our fitness and our, our strength work in these last probably two, three months here in Perth during the hotter times has definitely been, <laughs> I'd say, helped by the frustrations of, yeah, of last year. And everyone's really excited about becoming better athletes, better, better players, better people um, to, to fly into this year. Uh, and with the COVID situation, how it currently sits, we're only a few weeks away from the season starting. You're due to host the Brumbies round one in Perth. Um, particularly New South Wales still has a number of cases popping up day by day. Western Force has a hard border shut at the moment. Is there fears that you might be forced into another bubble type situation this coming season? Um, I think we we know that the, the people upstairs and the people in charge um are obviously doing a great job at keeping WA safe and um, life life as usual um, at, at the here at the in Perth at the moment is is a pretty good way to live. Um, we, hasn't really been spoken about. We're still confident that um, week one we'll be playing in front of our fans. Um, obviously, who knows what will happen? But mm. I suppose I think seeing how the rest of the world's going at the moment for me personally, um, whatever happens, I know that I'm pretty lucky to be here playing in Australia. So, um, yeah, speaking to a lot of my friends in England and stuff, um, yeah, whatever happens will happen. And I trust the people upstairs and the people making the decisions to make the the right one for the competition and for, for everyone involved. But yeah, it's just at the moment, pretty happy being in Perth and ripping in for pre-season. Yeah, I think we sometimes forget in Australia how good our situation is. I've got mates and family living over in the UK and it's it's an entirely different world over there currently. Um, so going back to pre-season, is there anybody that we should really be looking forward to seeing this season? Now, obviously, you've got some of the bigger names that have come across. Um, you've got Tom Robertson, you've got Rob Carney, you've got Tavita Kurandrani, et cetera, et cetera. Are there any names that we may not be familiar with that have been standing out for you so far in this pre-season? Yeah, there's a few um, young Perth WA locals who have um, had an amazing pre-season and really putting their hands up. I think one of the exciting things about the club is our, our depth and power we've got in the centre position. Um, every day when you, you train, it's pretty handy as a 10. Um, the two centres outside, you're generally a, a world-class um, and know how, how to play the game to a T, know what they want and... Um, yeah, just you can ex- expect and know what, what performance they're going to put in. And I think it's exciting for a young guy who you probably haven't heard of, Grayson Makara, um, okay. the, the Kalgoorlie kid, I call him. Um, yeah, he's from Kalgoorlie. He's, I'd hate to see how much he, he dominated Kalgoorlie junior rugby. <laughs> he, I think he's 19 or 20, but he's someone who at training has has been, yeah, unbelievable to watch and train with and um yeah, he doesn't look out of place when he's either going up or in the centres with a guy like Kahui or, or a Tavita. So that, that's exciting for a kid like him. And um, another guy, got to keep the forwards happy. So I better mention one, <laughs> one of them. Um, 
he played a few games for us last year, but um, Oliver Callan, Ollie Callan, yep. um, he's he's had a, probably one of the strongest pre-seasons out of the whole group and his fitness and work ethic's definitely unreal for, for a young flanker. He's got some sharp shoulders, so he can put a hit on with, hit a good hit on with the rest of them. And he's from a leaguey background, so he's, he's definitely as hard as nails. So they'd be my two I'd mention for that. Um, in saying that, there's a lot of uh, young guys coming through. Um, probably at the biggest academy I've ever seen. They've been training with us the last few weeks. And yeah, I've never seen an academy that, that quite like it. So it's exciting times for rugby in WA. Now you uh, personally, Jono, have a fair bit of super rugby experience. You spent some time at the Queensland Reds, the New South Wales Waratahs, Western Force, and a little bit of time down at the Melbourne Rebels. You've got a pretty good competition coming up this year. Who are you? What are you personally looking forward to in terms of matchups? Who are you looking forward to going up against? Any particular team that really like a rival that sparks for yourself that you really want to sort of get the, the green of? Um, yeah, it's always exciting. As you mentioned, a few teams there. It's lucky for me. You can generally get yourself um, pretty fired up to go against your, your old teams. And for me, that's pretty much everyone. So <laughs> I can get fired up for, for most games. Um, it's always great to go up against Queensland again. Such a um, great time in my rugby career and still very passionate and follow what, everything they're doing. Um, and had a good relationship with Brad Thorne and, and that at the Reds. So always like going up against them. And he, he said some good words about me before the game last year and made sure I had a chat with him after it. Um, and then on the other side of it, it's probably the, become the grudge match because so many of the guys went there after 2017. But yeah. definitely the, the Rebels is is the big one for us. And, um, yeah, just letting them know they sh- just shouldn't have left Perth. <laughs> uh, always on the agenda. So um, I think that's the great thing of about rugby, Super Rugby AU. Um, you get those games every weekend and... Um, I think after last year, you've seen that um, it's a great opportunity for for all the teams to take their rugby to the next level. And um, with the, the new television deal and being on free to air and seeing, I suppose, the, the different side to um, the player outside of rugby as well and learning more about all the guys is exciting into next year. And yeah, but they're my two teams. Um, I see you, you've got your Waratah shirt on. There. Yeah, uh, definitely do like going up against the Waratahs. So I'd put them in the list as well. Um, and yeah, while, I th- while we're at it, I'd just play the Brumbies as well. I enjoy <laughs> you, you want to take them all on. Yeah. Mate, I think you're probably going to have uh, a pretty good time coming up against the Waratahs this season. They're going to have a lot to prove, but they've also lost a heap of experience. So we'll see how those matchups go. Um, now, one of the exciting things, you just mentioned the new broadcast deal. We've had some word on the street that the new package or the new the new look of what the broadcast is going to look like on physical on TV is really, really exciting. And I think that the new standard nine deal is just going to breathe some fresh life into the competition. Um, Mitch and I were huge fans of it last year. We absolutely loved the whole thing. Got out to a few matches where we could in Sydney when COVID wasn't as bad. Um, but at the tail end of the upcoming season, we're going to have this trans-Tasman comp with the Kiwis. What is the current feel about that? I mean, it's obviously different to last year. Um, it adds a little bit of extra flavour. You get to play all the Kiwi teams at the end of the season. Has there been much chat in the team about the trans-Tasman comp? Yeah, it's, 
probably not too much chat in terms of as a team. Um, firmly concentrating on the, the trial games and Super Rugby coming up. In terms of little conversations with players, uh, there's definitely a lot, lot of excitement about that and about um, ensuring that that relationship stays stays strong with the guys across the Tasman. Um, it's, yeah, there's, there's no hiding away from the fact that they're the benchmark of world rugby and the quality competition that it is there, so watching Super Rugby Aotearoa, or I'm not too sure if that's well pronounced, but <laughs> all the guys watched that last year and um, just know the quality of, of game it is over there. And I mean, you watch the ITM Cup and it's it's just as good quality. So we're really excited by that. Um, I know the Kiwi guys that are over here are pretty excited by it as well. Um, so it's, it's a great opportunity and a great um, thing to look forward to as a team and I mean, who knows what the rugby landscape's going to be in the future. Um, I know after living in England, um, you, you sort of see how it's run over there with um, Premier League and then you've got your Champions League and all that sort of stuff. Um, yep. Whoever knows what happens in the future, it, it might be something like this where you um, you play your competition and then you've got your, your trans-Tasman thing at the end. So um, who knows what it'll be, but in terms of this year, yeah, very exciting. To, to test ourselves against the best and, um, yeah, rip in against them. And it's great going over and playing in New Zealand and I'm sure they enjoy coming to Perth and playing an away game here. Um, it's probably the biggest flight they have to do nearly all year coming over to yeah. Perth. Um, kind of on that point, one of the really interesting things is looking at what the competition might be moving forward. If it was to remain Super Rugby AU and then you have this short trans-Tasman um, competition at the end of it do you think that would be a good model moving forward just you personally doesn't have to be a big statement on behalf of the force do you, do you kind of like the idea of going super au then a trans tasman or would you like to have a f integrated trans tasman competition throughout the whole time do you have any thoughts on that i think ideally from my point of view it'd be integrated the whole time um i was lucky enough obviously to play super rugby at the start of 2011 and in those years, um, I think it was just a bit bit simpler to understand for fans. Um, and that was with South Africa time zones and people at Fridays in Brisbane watching games at two or three in the morning. Um, so if you were to even pull it back further and have that trans-Tasman competition constantly, I think then you can design a competition that's yeah a lot easier to understand for the fan and especially with it being on free-to-air and... Um, trying to get in fans who don't necessarily um, know the game or know the layout of the competition. Um, having 12 teams playing in a top four is not too much hard. hard. It's not too hard to understand that. <laughs> yeah. so, um, I sort of just, my thinking about it this year, have sort of looked at it in that um, way of being living in England and seeing the Champions League with football um, and with rugby being such a world game. There's, I know, potential for stuff like that. But, yeah, who knows what it'll be. I know we're very excited about it this year. But, um, yeah, also looking forward to what the future holds in terms of the layout of it all. Yeah, I think that's been the sort of general consensus we've had when we're doing these interviews with various players. Liam Wright mentioned that he liked the idea of the integrated season because in some ways it's more difficult to be able to adjust to the different 
game types of the different nations on the run throughout the season. So you've got a very similar um, point of view there. Yeah, Rongers is probably on the money there. Um, I think yeah, it, it is exciting. You, you've got your your games against your Australian teams, and then you prep for a two-week tour of New Zealand or however they lay it out, and you're you're playing a different beast there. And um, yeah, generally the Australian um, grudge matches are, are deemed more physical and all that sort of stuff. So. It is, yeah, more in the ins and outs of how a week is, is laid out. But, yeah, just excited that this year um, we're going to get the opportunity to play up against them and um, and see how, see how it goes, yeah. So one of the things that you had the opportunity to do over in the UK is obviously play for Worcester and you were mooted to be going to Edinburgh, is that right? And then a deal fell through because of the visa issues? Yeah, so I um, had the two years in England at Worcester and... Really enjoyed that. I was living next to, or living in the same town as James, but he played for the rivals Gloucester. Um, and yet, back during COVID in March, me and my partner were um, tossing up whether to try and sneak out and get home because Australia was handling it so well. And I mean, this was in March, almost a year ago, so it's crazy to think it's still still going. But yeah, we sort of pulled the pin, pulled the trigger, and booked some flights to head home for six weeks. Mm-hmm. I packed the one suitcase, head home for six weeks and then come back to move to Scotland. And yeah, when I was back, it all fell through. And um, yeah, it was sort of lucky that the Super Rugby Comp over here was starting to have an option to do the Australian leg of it and had a chat to my manager and told him if there's any room at the force, I'd love to be a part of that. And loved after my experiences in 2017 to get the opportunity to, to pull on the jersey again in a super rugby environment was something that I, I'd jump at. So that popped up pretty quick. And yeah, the rest is history. It's funny, we, we talk about it now. Um, that was in April. My stuff arrived from England last week. So I've been, <laughs> I've been living out of that one suitcase since April. And um, it's let's just say it's very good to have my, my stuff. Finally here. What item do you think you missed the most? When, when, when all your stuff arrived, what were you most excited to unpack, unwrap and, and, and set up? It probably wasn't an excitement for one item. When, when we packed, it was like a two-day panic. We've booked a flight, put everything in boxes and we packed to move to Edinburgh. So um, it was just to help us when we, we got back to England to make the transition a lot easier. Um, so it was more just, I uh, felt like it was... 12 boxes of Lucky Dip. I couldn't really remember what was in it. <laughs> Random kitchen items. The problem is all my electronics now have a English adapter. So. Uh, of course. Yeah. So, so does that basically mean that you've gone through a quarantine period to get back into Australia, a quarantine period going back into the UK, and then a quarantine period coming back into Australia? So six weeks of quarantine? I have done six weeks of quarantine, but not in that. Oh, okay. I did the two weeks on the hotel on the Gold Coast. Yeah. And then I've done two two two-week quarantines in Perth when I first came over and then after the super season. Oh, gosh. So on that point, I mean, you've you've had six weeks of being cooped up in apartments or hotels. Uh, What did you do during that time? I saw, I I think on one of your Instagram stories a while back that you were trying to learn the piano. Any other skills or hobbies you've been trying to polish up or learn during that time? Um, 
probably started in England. We were, we were in a pretty strict lockdown in England for five weeks before we moved over. Um, and I, I was in a build, living in a building where the average age was honestly probably 80. So <laughs> me, and, uh, me and my partner were doing grocery shopping for a few of the people in our building and um, trying to have chats with them from our back and ensure they were going all right with it. Um, but decided to try and learn um, didgeridoo. There was a random didgeridoo in my furnished apartment in Cheltenham in England. So um, I don't know if the neighbours were too happy about it, but I got the hang of it a bit. And um, yeah, so I was playing the didgeridoo a bit over there. And then in my second lockdown here, I was there was a keyboard at my girlfriend's parents' house. Um, and it was watching the end of a Netflix show and there was a song in the credits and I liked it and I said, I'm going to learn that song. So I actually don't really know the keyboard. I just watched a YouTube video. <laughs> to play that one song. <laughs> two weeks on how to play uh, Claire de Lune was the name of the song. Yep. Yep. Um, and yeah, and got, I felt like I got the hang of it pretty good after two weeks. I think Cass was done with that song after a while, probably two hours every morning. I'd start the same thing every 30 seconds. But um <laughs> Yeah, that was my sort of lockdown um, method was to try and learn an instrument. But It's better than trying to learn the recorder. I think every parent in history hates the fact that that's the chosen instrument at school. So much better the keyboard than the recorder. I think I used to be able to play Titanic on the recorder. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mitch, why don't we move to the some of the non-rugby questions, huh? Well, before we move off the topic of rugby, I do have one quick, fun question for Jono. So we're playing a swap seas in roles. You have to choose a position in the forward pack to play pack down for the Western Force. Which position would you choose and why? Um, The photo came up the other day of me and Tavita Karudroni in the front row for Aussie Sevens. Yep. (laughs) Um, So I would... Think of that. We actually had Patricio Noriega come in and do a few scrum sessions with the seven scrum and talk about how you need to love to scrum to want to do it. And I remember looking around me and thinking, no one here loves to scrum. <laughs> so for me, um, I'd go with number eight. Um, not the big ball carrying, damaging number eight, unfortunately. But yeah, there was a time at Worcester where there was a fair few injuries in like a 20 minute period. Um, so for the last 20 minutes of a game, I, I packed down at number eight and <laughs> they actually showed the scrum footage on, on the, the commentators actually spoke about the, the, the form of my scrum technique. So <laughs> ah, yes, all right, packing the scrum down at number eight. So that'd be me. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Now, one of the things I wanted to ask you before, but we just got waylaid. Um, so you've, you've had time playing for Worcester. Can you just chat about some of the differences, some of the, um, the, your experience of playing both for Worcester and in Super Rugby, what are some of the differences? Because there, there are some podcasts that I listen to from the UK that basically say that Super Rugby defence is optional, um, that it's all about attacking football, nobody cares about defence. And then English Rugby is so kind of dour, it's always raining, so teams just focus on conservative play. Are those stereotypes accurate? I mean, Bristol's saying, showing this season that it's not. But what's, what's your experience of the differences? Yeah, I definitely don't think that those comments are too accurate some of the most skilled guys I've played with um were either playing for Worcester or playing against us over there and I think if you actually look at the the score lines of the premiership in August September October when the weather's all right um 
they're high scoring games. The footy's attacking, it's free flowing. And just from training with the guys, the skill's definitely there, but you'd, you're kidding yourself if you can try and do that um, in December or January when you're playing at the shed in Gloucester and it's wet, <laughs> yep. it's one degree. So, um, yeah, I, I would disagree with that just from my experiences of playing and training with some extremely skilled guys at Worcester and um, the, the level of rugby you do have in those that October, you know, September time when, when the weather's pretty good and allows free-flowing rugby. Brilliant. Mitch, why don't, we, why don't we do a few of the uh, more chilled out questions now and move away from the rugby side of things. Okay, so Jono, what country would you want to retire to in your old age outside of Australia? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> we stumped, stumped you. We, it, haven't, yeah. we haven't shown you these questions. <laughs> yeah. um, well, it's a tough one now thinking about how, I suppose, as we were speaking before, how Australia is handling and going with COVID. Um, who'd have thought that would be a part of your thought process on this? Yeah. But um, as a big fan of American sport, um, you can see the shirt I got on. Yeah. Boston Red Sox, go the Red Sox. Um, and being a big Tampa Bay fan, um, for me, it, it'd be in America, but just through my love of American sport and um, yeah, that side of it. So. How good. How good. Moment, but <laughs> I'll stick with America. I thought you might have said maybe Tasmania and just count that as a separate country, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, now, this one, you can choose whether or not you want to do it actually or just kind of guess at what bands you would do. So if you were to open up your Spotify on your phone right now, what would what would the last three bands that you listen to be? Are we going to see any Taylor Swift or anything like that on your playlist? Um, generally, the first one is the discovery option on Spotify. Um, I like to try and listen to that and find um, some new songs. Uh, I've been listening to Eminem's new album a lot mm-hmm. lately. Um, and other than that, it's a tough one. What would be in there? I'm disappointed be- you're not saying any K-pop or dubstep no, no, or something K-pop. like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, a bit of, bit of rap at the moment, actually. A bit of Eminem and J. Cole. So it'd be Discovery and those two. Yep. Fair. Okay. So the kind of third question we have here. So you have a partner, you have a girlfriend, if it's a really special night, anniversary, something like that, and you really wanted to impress with a home cooked meal, uh, what would be your go-to recipe? Um, I've stolen it from an old housemate who I live with in Brisbane, um, but it's a, how can I make it sound? (laughs) Crumbed chicken salad with um, pesto mayo drizzle, on a bed of prosciutto. Oh, oh, that sounds... The prosciutto just adds a layer, doesn't it? It adds yeah. a little extra class. That's a good choice. What would you be pairing it with? Wine, beer? Um, oh, that would go down well with a, a nice... To keep my Argentinian friends happy, a, a good Malbec <laughs> from Argentina. Awesome. Well, to finish things off tonight, we've got one final question, and that is what's in the future for John Lance? What's coming up next after Super Rugby AU 2021? Um, it's also up in the air for us. I think everyone at the moment. It's yeah, it's hard to know. I'm excited about the um, the uncertainty of it, but in saying that, it's pretty good to be back in Australia and having a pretty certain year ahead with with the force. Um, yeah. So, what's coming up? I'm not too sure, but I'm pretty excited by it, and um, yeah, just really enjoying being back and 
call him Perth home. So it's pretty of a generic answer, but <laughs> it's hard to say. Um, all I know is I'm yeah, pretty excited about what's going on this year in Australian rugby and very passionate about um, ensuring rugby in Australia's next few years and being a part of, of that process. Well, that's it, isn't it? There's so much uncertainty about even what the competition structure will be like we were talking about before, um, that there's really not much that some players can do, but just wait and see, which must be both in a way exciting, but also a little bit uncertain when you're not too sure what your playing future is. Yeah, I think for sure. And for me, I'm lucky enough to have started my career playing in front of 40, 50,000 at the Reds each week and um, the same at the Waratahs. So um, I know how passionate and crazy the rugby community is in Australia and yeah it's an exciting year to to get them back involved and I think that's probably why I'm so keen to to play in in Perth in front of the the sea of blue because they're some of the best fans in the world I've seen and they they know how to pack the stadium and 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 get behind and support the guys so I'm really looking forward to this year and, and and playing in front of the the sea of blue as well. Do you ever see yourself taking on the mic like uh, the Honey Badger did and kind of getting up the hype around being busier than a one-armed bricklayer in Baghdad? Um, you, you, are you that type <laughs> of kind of outgoing personality that can hype the crowd up and get some extra clips going around on Instagram or Facebook? I'll definitely try and hype the crowd up, but I don't know if I know enough Aussie <laughs> slang to keep them going that way. So don't need to, to do it too much. I think, um, yeah, the, the Force fans are ready and ready to go and, um, to get behind us this year and rip in. So, yeah, there'll be no none of that from me, but I don't think I need to. They're already ready. I'd love to see some of the Argentinians try and give Aussie slang a go. Now, that would be a sight to see. <laughs> We're trying to teach a few of them some stuff on Friday night, actually. So, um, they've, they've already got a few things down pat. <laughs> Good. Well, mate, just want to say thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Uh, both Mitch and I are incredibly excited about this upcoming season, and we've been able to interview somebody from every one of the super teams. So thank you for being so generous with your time at the kind of end or beginning of what has and will be a busy preseason week. So hugely appreciate it. Thank you, Jono. No worries. Cheers, guys. Um, yeah, thanks for having us. And looking forward to maybe seeing us this year if we play in Sydney. Ken. Yeah, awesome. And all the best with the season coming up. Thanks, good guys. All yeah. right. Thanks, mate. Bye. All right. Now we are going to do our preview of the Western Force for 2021. So before we get into the preview, we will do a recap of 2020. So 2020 saw the Western Force being invited back into Super Rugby for the first time in four years. Uh, it was the first time back in the comp, and unfortunately, they did finish zero from eight, unable to get one win. But in saying that, they did come very close, particularly in their last year last game of the year against the Rebels in Newcastle. The last minute try to the Rebels, which saw them get into the finals, also unfortunately saw the, the Western Force not able to get a, a win of the year. But they did come very, very close. Another thing that we do need to say about the Western Force's year in 2020 was they did play the entire season away from home. They didn't even get to play one game in Perth. And that is a massive thing that we do need to take into account looking at their performance for 2020. Um, anything else you wanted to say, Ando, around their performance last year? Yeah, look, I think there were a couple of games where they had some pretty hefty losses against them that were as a result of some of the just the bad news about COVID restrictions. There was hope about halfway through the season they might be able to play one or two games at home. And then that 
got quashed with the re-implementation of strict quarantine restrictions. And that just obviously had an impact upon the squad and the team. So their performances were really quite good considering the challenges that they were up against throughout the season. And I'm very much looking forward to a revamped and a re-energized Western Force for 2021 because I think they're going to take a lot of people by surprise. Lovely, lovely. Now we will move now into our or the ins and outs for 2021. I will say immediately though, that unfortunately the the site that we have been using for all the other super rugby teams hasn't been updated for the force for 2020 to 2021. We have a list of players coming in, but unfortunately we don't have a list of players coming out. So um, I will apologize. First of all, that we may not mention a lot of players by name that left, but there were a number of particularly Western force kind of junior players or Academy players that were brought back into 2021 due to the number of players that did come in. Um, and I'll get you to run through the list of big names that have come across and are playing for the force in 2021. Fantastic. I'll just roll through them all and then we can start to talk about players to watch. So you have Bo Abra coming across from Eastern Suburbs and I'm going sorry, from front row through to the backs. Uh, Santiago Medrano from the Jaguares, Tom Robertson from the Waratahs, Jack Winchester from Bond University, Ryan McCauley from the Tars, Tim Anstey from the Australian Seven Squad, Thomas Lozana from the Jaguares, Thomas Cubelli from the Jaguares, Michael McDonald from the Tars, Jake McIntyre from Cremont and previously at the Reds, Domingo Miotti from the Jaguares, Tavita Kurandrani from the Brumbies, Tony Pulu, Tony Pulu from the Brumbies, and Rob Carney from Leinster. So those are some pretty, they, without a doubt, and we've commented on this before, they have had the best recruitment of any of the super teams. Um, you could actually argue that that was because it was needed. Whilst their squad did as well as could be expected last year, considering the challenges they were under, it was a Global Rapid Rugby squad uh, or a NR, slightly above an NRC-level squad competing against full super squads. So they did need to bring some more experience and um, higher, I don't know the right word to say, higher caliber players yeah. into the team. Yes. So they've done that. The the four, one, two, three, the four Jaguares players they've got have been absolutely amazing so far. And it, that's even including the fact that the, Julian Montoya had, turns out it was a bunch of visa issues with his wife getting a visa into Australia. Yeah. So that's why he ended up having to go across to Leicester Tigers in the UK. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the, the point before about them being somewhat of an underdeveloped side come in 2020. I do want to highlight that as well, that they weren't given a whole lot of preparation time yep. to know that um, they will be playing Super Rugby. At the beginning of 2020, Super Rugby was due to play on as, as normal um, with the, the current competition with South Africa, Australia and New Zealand. It was only when COVID hit and they sort of started to think, what are we going to do now? We can't play this international competition that they then brought the force in. So this, as you mentioned, definitely accurate. Um, they were a side that was looking to play global rapid rugby this year. Um, they brought in a few big names like um, John O'Lance and Kyle Godwin, Richard Kahui came across to play in the second half of the year. But yeah, outside of that, they didn't have a whole lot of experience. And I think that's what ended up sort of being a highlight of their, their season come 2020. The fact that they've had a whole off season now and a pre-season together, they've put a really good performance against the Brumbies in the trial on Tuesday last week. Um, this side's coming together really, really nicely. They are going to get to play at home again this at home for the first time this season in Super Rugby. I think it's going to be massive. I really think they're going to do a lot better than last year. 
Yeah. And that's really the big thing. I mean, if we look at the players to watch, there are so many, like you can just name all four Argentinian players as players that are going to be of particular interest as well as Rob Carney to see how he adjusts and what contributions he can still make with the undoubted class and experience that he's going to be bringing, like one of the best players of the recent Irish generation. Um, But I'm particularly excited to be watching um, Jake McIntyre and to see his ability to contest against both Domingo Miotti and Johnny Lance. Like you've actually got three pretty decent fly halves there that are competing for the one spot. So it'll be fascinating to see how that goes down, whether they start with the experience of Lance, the energy of McIntyre or the potential flair of Miotti as well. So we'll see. And McIntyre had a really good performance in the trials. Yeah, so he did. John O'Lance isn't assuming to start at 10 in the first round. Yep. Yep. Um, well, why don't... I'm just trying to think where to start here. I might just start with the forwards that I'm particularly excited to be seeing. Yeah, How does that okay. sound to you? Yeah, sounds good. Okay, cool. So you've obviously got some of the key players or the, the standout players from last season that are back again. Um, if we look at some of the names, some of the names that really stood out, you've got um, Kane Koteka, you've got Fergus Lee Warner, you've got Brendan Stander as well, who are players that really, really stood up in the 2020 season. Uh, front row, I was very impressed with Chris Heiberg, with Wagner, with um, Kieran Longbottom as well. And now they've added Madrona and Robertson onto that as well. And I didn't even mention Greg Holmes like their front row their props are really good yeah really really good um uh, so if i'm to just think front row who do i really want to be watching i mentioned it before feliti kaitu he is a player that i just really enjoy because of the energy levels that he brings to the game i'd like to see him be a little bit less of a penalty magnet at the breakdown um but i love the energy and the in your face style of play that he has and also he can throw a decent line out so that's something to rate him on as an Australian based hooker I'm really um, looking forward to seeing how Tom Robinson fares in over in Perth yeah. this year yeah. uh, he's played and being Waratahs fan I will put it out there that he has played quite well for the Tars in the last few, year, few years but the last season or so particularly we haven't seen a lot of him He whether through injury or um, just not actually being able to crack the starting 23 we haven't seen a lot of game time from Tom Robinson. There's been a lot of t- talks off the field in the off season that he's going over to the Western force due to culture issues that was going on in the Waratahs. We won't delve too much into that, but I'm really just hoping that he goes over there. He refreshes himself and he can get himself back into um, physically a position that he was when he was playing for the Wallabies a few years ago. Um, and that he can really start pushing again for that Wallaby spot um, with the Western force and has a really good season because he's going to have some big competition from some of these other guys in that front row. Um, but I definitely think he's going to learn a lot from them as well. And possibly we might see a, a scenario similar to we have in the past where a Waratahs player who is at test level goes over to another um, Australian province and performs better. He's in a better mm-hmm. environment. Is is developing their skills a little bit better than they are in the Waratahs. So yeah, I'm really hoping to see if he can take that step forward and really improve his game. From the backs, who particularly are you looking forward to in 2021? It's an interesting one for me around the scrum half position. Uh, You highlighted it earlier in the, in the episode, but I really think Thomas Kubeli is probably the best number nine that they've got in this team. They've got three or four really, um, your three, sorry, three really good um, halfbacks in Cabelli, McDonald's, and Pryor. So um, 
Ian Pryor is the captain, so he kind of has to start the games. But yep. you would wouldn't you wouldn't be saying that he's particularly better than Kubeli. In the trial, we saw that he came on and he really started to to sharpen up their attack. So I don't know how long Ian Pryor is going to retain that captaincy. And come round two or three, we might actually see Kubeli pipping him and, and starting over him. Um, I'm really interested to see how that whole scenario plays out. I'm wondering if they've chosen Pryor because of his loyalty that he showed to Western Force and Western Australian rugby, West Australian rugby for such a long time. And with all of the imports that they've had from around Australia, from internationally, they just wanted to have some level of continuity and some level of retaining the culture and the flavor yeah. of Western Australian rugby and it's Western like a culture Force icon. Yeah, yeah. So he's a cultural kind of icon within that squad. Um, and it may, yeah, it's a really interesting one because what do they do if Kibeli pips him? What do they well, do? That was um, the other so thing that- last year. And Prater is getting a little bit on in his, in his, um, <clears throat> in his season. Uh, he picked yep. up a few niggly injuries last year and he set mm. out some of the games. So what does happen if Ian Pryor does pick up an injury and then is, is out for a few rounds and Kubeli's just in really good form? He may really be starting pushing for that starting spot, so they there might be some really interesting um, co- combinations there. I don't I don't know what happens, um, but who would you also be putting as captain if you're not giving it to Ian Pryor? Mm, Jeremy Thrush, maybe. Yeah, um, he took the role on last year. Yeah, he, I was pretty sure pretty sure it was him when. Yeah, yeah, Pryor no, was it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'd probably just go straight back to him again for that uh, experience and that continuity, mm-hmm. uh, because you look at some of the other key players as well. You got your Carl Godwins. Um, you've got who are the other players? Marshall, Marcel Bracky as well. Who I'm just thinking longer term force players, oh, or right. at least Sorry. people who were there yep. last season that embedded in a squad uh, Ralston. that are a little bit older. Yeah, but Ralston's Ralston's younger, so I'm thinking it's like Bracky, Godwin in the backs. Um, but then up front, you wouldn't put a prop probably because they're not going to be playing for long enough. Um, maybe one of the locks, maybe a Andrew Reddy, Warner. Would be good to see. Yeah. Maybe, just as, um, but that's if he's going to have the starting. Man. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying that if he's going to have his starting spot over Kai Tu. I know. Yeah. So yeah, look, it's it's an interesting question, one to watch out for. I don't think we need to answer it now, but it's a good one to have a debate over a glass of beer. Um, glass about. of beer. Glass of beer. So why don't? Is there anybody else that you're particularly interested in watching before we move on? Yeah, I've got three big ones. Um, I really want to see a big year from John O'Lance. I really think that he shown moments of brilliance in 2020, um, but he wasn't quite at that ability we've seen back at, a few years ago at the Waratahs or at the Reds. So I think he does have a next level that he's capable of stepping up to. I think he had a very disrupted 2020. So the fact that he's he knows where he is this year, he's, he's settled into Perth. His family's over here now. Um, he knows that he's here for this season and he doesn't have thoughts of potentially moving back overseas in the back of his mind, I think would be really great for him to just nail down that number 10 fly half position. And hopefully he could be that starting spot. Um, outside of him, I really like to see Kyle Godwin do really well because again, he's a player that was floating around the edges of the Wallabies a few years ago. And now that he's come back, he does have the potential to get back there. So it would be good to see him find that, regain that form that he had a few years ago and potentially be pushing for a Wallabies um, berth just to get some of these guys in. It would be great to see some Western Force flavor in that Wallaby squad come the end of the year. 
Um, Davide Kundrani, very similar to Kyle Godwin. I also think that he has struggled to find form and consistency in the last few years and maybe mm-hmm. also similar to Tom Robinson, new team, new environment. He can just really just focus on his game and, and push into an, a back into that level that he was at a few years ago. Um, also, Richard Kahui, he played really well in the, in the trial. So I'm expecting big things from him this year as well. And obviously, I I need to say it. I'm sure you're probably going to say it, but Rob Kearney, I don't really know what to expect from him just yet, but I just can't wait to see him play for the force. Yeah, it'll be good. So, um, yeah, Rob Kearney, he is just class and pedigree from, yeah, a really, really strong Irish team over the last five years. So, I, to be honest, you've touched on all the players I would have spoken to. We could just go through a name. So many other exciting young players like Jack McGregor, Byron Ralston. Um, interesting to see if Tony Pulley can actually get onto the field this season. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot. I won't go through, otherwise this pot will go for too long. Uh, but it is a very exciting time to be a Western Force fan. And it's going to really shake up the competition having a strong force. Yeah, so that that's a good question that leads us into the next one. Um where do you see the Western Force finishing in the end of Super Rugby AU this year? Oh, after that trial game, it's really shaken my confidence that it's going to be a Brumbies Reds 1-2. Really? Um, you reckon they're going to yeah, get back look, well? Awesome. I think they're going to take points off that take points off teams that we probably weren't expecting and mean that it may not be as cut and dry as what we were expecting prior to the trial match. Uh, I still think the Brumbies and the Reds will probably edge it near the top, yep. but I'm far more leaning towards the Force uh, finishing third. Okay, I I think the Force have seemed to, from what we saw within our trial, really been gelling well together, and if their international players can continue to integrate so well then they should have the experience and the firepower to finish third over a Rebels team, which looks like they're going to have a huge amount of disruption at the start of the season um, and a weakened, very, very weakened Waratahs team. Yeah, um, I I still think there's some big question marks over this Western Force team at the moment. We saw them perform quite well in the trial. They did play a lot of their team. It was a bit of a... Um, it was an unusual one in that the trial game was played over... 90 minutes, 30 minutes, and then three 20-minute quarters. A lot of players got game time. So we got to see a lot of the extended squad get get some um, experience for the Western Force. But in saying that, they're a team that's come together from all over the world, similar to kind of a barbarian side, uh, haven't had a whole lot of game time. They've got one super rugby trial game under their belts. They've probably played a few internal trials as well. But they're coming up against the Brumbies at home for the first time um, round one, I I still think there's some questions around will this team come together and sort of have a really good buy-in to what they need to be doing for this season, for this campaign? Is that cohesion factor going to be really um, key in getting them to, or will that cohesion factor that is so often spoken about in rugby podcasts these days come into play that these guys haven't played a whole lot of games together. They might be lacking those combinations and just not able to see through really tight games. Um, I, but on the other side, we, this is the first time we're going to see them play at home in front of their home crowd. So mm-hmm. I do think they have the potential to be that sort of dark horse of the competition. If they can get a few wins together, we know with this competition is so tight, they can very well sneak into the finals at the end of the year. So 
they'll for me they'll either finish third or probably fourth, third or fourth. I think they'll either make the finals and probably not go that step further, or they won't make that finals. I think that they will convincingly beat the Rebels, probably beat the Waratahs. Um, yeah, and, and then the Brumbies and the Reds again. We'd have to see come round one how both teams go. If they can get some good wins at home, though, they can start to put those points together. And with some bonus points as well, they could really start to, to, to rise up that ladder and do really well. So, I'm again, I'm not too sure, but I'm, I'm going to lock in third. Okay. Well, we've both locked in third. I think that's it for this pod, mate. I think we've gone through everything we need to talk about. Anything you want to touch on right before we wrap it up? Yeah, I just want to say a big thank you, Jono Lance, for joining us um, yeah, on this yeah. podcast. Thank you for giving up your time. It was great to hear from him, get his sort of insight into how things are coming together in preseason. Um, when we did get the, to have that chat, it was before the trial, so we hadn't actually seen anything from the Western yep. Force, but it was great to just get that insight. Um, and yeah, we just hope that the Western Force have a really good good year and hope that COVID doesn't sort of rear its ugly head and sort of force them into bubbles again. We would really love to see a, a competition of super rugby this year as it's meant to be with every team getting to play at home. Um, yeah. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to Friday night when they can play at home against the Brumbies in front of their fans um, at the sea of blue. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. So this Friday get involved and make sure you get your stand sports subscription only 10 bucks it's bloody brilliant so we're very much looking forward to the season kicking off and best of luck to all teams brumbies force and reds waratahs awesome thanks everyone we'll catch you next week bye